We have been in the midst of a series of messages lately on the, the moms who brought us Christmas, the births that led to the Messiah, to the coming of Jesus. And uh, this is a great season to be uh, celebrating motherhood. And I was, uh, we had planned to cover the topic of, of Mary uh, this week for perhaps obvious reasons, uh, but I didn't know when we planned the series that she was the most powerful woman in the world. National Geographic dubbed her the most powerful woman in the world. There you go. So I just saw that and had to, you know, we're on to something here. I think we are. Uh, if you would, uh, just join me in a brief moment of prayer, and we will uh, bow our heads and prepare our hearts for God's Word today. God, our Father, we pray that you would speak to us now through your Word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would lead us into the true meaning of Christmas. Help us to understand why you came and what it means for us in our everyday lives. And Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas, we think of those who are sick. We think of Terry's dad, who is in his last stages of life and in the hospital now, and Terry is with him, Terry Thill, one of our elders. We just pray that you would be with that family and minister your grace and peace to each of their hearts. We lift up those who mourn this holiday season, and we pray that you would be present among them, and that you would minister your healing and peace to their hearts. We think of our men and women in uniform who are serving, especially those who are in faraway places, and we just pray you would be with them this holiday season. Minister your, your peace and your love to their hearts and keep them safe. Bring them home soon. And Lord, we ask that you would use us, your church, to minister your healing and mercy to those who have served and come home changed as a result of their service. And so, Father, we thank you for this country in which we live. We pray for our leaders and ask for wisdom and discernment and decisions that are before them. And we give you thanks for the freedoms we enjoy and for those who fight to defend those freedoms. All these things for which we are grateful, we lift to you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to take you on a little trip through this, uh, the person of Mary, and I'm going to do this uh, verbally and just kind of tell the story, and as I'm talking, uh, hopefully, if everything works according to plan, the scriptures uh, that, that sort of create the flow of the story will be coming up behind me. My intent is not to read the Scriptures word for word, uh, but for those to just sort of supplement and provide the structure for uh, what, what I'm saying. And I hope that won't be distracting. I hope it'll be uh, engaging. So that's the hope. And here we go. And I want to just sort of set the scene with this young woman who was probably, uh, at the time of her conception by the Holy Spirit, about... 15 years old, we think. That would have been the customary age for someone who was betrothed in first century Palestinian culture. And think about that for a minute. All of, 
all of God's history with His people is converging into one person in the course of history. Her name is Mary. She's 15. Up until this point, we don't know very much about her. We don't know uh, except that she was poor. She grew up in poverty. And she had some relatives who lived in, in what would become Jesus' hometown. And so we're going to pick the story up there. And I'm going to be moving through the pieces of the narrative uh, in the Gospel of Luke. And so in, verse, in chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel, verses 26 through 28, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. Now, you're just minding your business and someone pops into your room unannounced. They didn't knock. Uh, how are you feeling right about now? A little creeped out, I'm guessing, right? And uh, the angel actually has to tell her not to be afraid. She was a bit troubled by this appearance for obvious reasons. Uh, and Gabriel tries to comfort her at first. Just say, hey, 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 it's okay. We'll get through this. I have a message for you. And he tells her, that she will give birth to a son who will fulfill all of God's promises to Israel. That she is at the focal point of history. And it will all come together in her womb. In some miraculous way, she will be the very point at which God physically becomes human. And so Mary is, is told this, and she asks one question. Um, Gabe, I'm not married. And I think my grandmother told me there's a certain thing that has to happen before I can have a baby. And I'm pretty sure that hasn't happened. So you've got a little bit of a problem on your hands. Um, and the angel gives her a brief answer. Um, probably not a particularly satisfying answer. It was not incredibly detailed, but it was an answer. And he explains to her that her baby will physically be the Son of God. That God will become human within her. He will take on human form and He will truly be born into this world like any other human being since Adam and Eve. Well, He gives her a sign to encourage her to say, here's how one way that you can know that what I'm saying is true. Your aunt, Elizabeth, who's elderly at this point in her life, is pregnant. God has allowed her to conceive, and she's going to give birth to a son. And, and so, so that you know that what I'm saying is true, you can go verify that. And so then, Mary has a stunning response 
actually. She's, she's already used her one question, and she, she's, she's spent that wisely. Um, and now, instead of continuing the questions, she just says, okay, I am your servant. May God's will be done. I don't really get it. I didn't ask for this. I didn't apply for this scholarship. Um, but uh, here I am. She says, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then, of course, as, as any other uh, person would do, what's the first thing she does? I would check the credibility of this guy, right? So off to Elizabeth's house she goes. And she enters the room, and Elizabeth's baby, who will later be known as John the Baptist, uh, Elizabeth says he leaps within her for joy at the arrival of Jesus into their home. So two babies who are in utero are tracking with each other. They're, they're connecting. They're realizing uh, what's happening. And Mary then, her faith is confirmed And Elizabeth acknowledges something in her discussion with Mary that is um, stunning, really. She basically says to her niece, God is now taking on flesh. He's becoming human. He is incarnate. And it's happening in you. And she even says, what are you doing here? You are going to be, in a way, God's mom on earth. That's crazy. I'm not worthy to be in the same room with you, is sort of what Elizabeth is saying. And then Elizabeth says something to Mary. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I want to talk about that word fulfillment for a moment. What is fulfillment? You know, we we think of it as something related to uh, contentment or satisfaction, I think, is how we often think of fulfillment. In this case, in Mary's case, fulfillment means the the convergence of all the promises of God to His people throughout all time prior to this into one person that she is now carrying in her womb. And it's the fulfillment of God's Word, of His promise, of His love for His people. And Elizabeth recognizes that and speaks that over Mary as she struggles through everything a pregnant teenager would be struggling through. And what can we glean from this incredible young woman? And I, you know, I shudder to remember when I was 15 or 16 and how I might have responded to a call like this on my own life, I would have said, 
probably nasty things to Gabriel. Uh, got a baseball bat and taken a couple swings at him, which would be a bad idea. He's pretty svelte. I don't think I would have received this news like Mary did. She stepped into this calling with a maturity that is unbelievable, really. For someone of any age, much less a probably scared, nervous 15-year-old, what can we learn from her, from her response, from her place in God's plan? Mary shows us that faith is a necessary component of fulfillment. She had to believe Gabriel's words. She had to believe God. She had to believe the sign that Gabriel gave her that Elizabeth was pregnant. She had to believe God's word. And her faith is active in this passage. She is engaged spiritually with what's happening to her. She's connected. She's tapped in. She is alive spiritually to the will of God in her life. She reminds us that we must all believe that God will fulfill His Word, His promise to forgive, to love, to fulfill. She saw this through the eyes of faith. And Mary also teaches us that humility is a necessary component of fulfillment. That we have to understand in our own lives that what matters the most is not that which is made by us. It is that which is rendered unto us by the power of God. The grace, the forgiveness that we all desperately need is the work of God alone. We cannot earn it. We cannot work to deserve God's favor. And Mary expresses this humility beautifully uh, in her response to all of this, which we'll read together in a moment. So, let me take you into uh, this for just a moment, if you haven't read it. Um, It's mostly, unfortunately, uh, about... Um, the appearances of Mary over the course of history, the number of cultures and places in which people have claimed to have seen apparitions of the Virgin Mary. And I was hoping for something a little more uh, historical in, in terms of its depth and background, but that's the perspective of the author, which is fine. Um, I'll try to say it this way. Two of my, my very best friends growing up were from devout Catholic families. And as a Protestant, the, the veneration of Mary kind of freaked me out, to be honest. It was weird. It was different. It was not something I was accustomed to. And I think there are 
there are extremes in any context, but I want to talk about faith as it's expressed by some, particularly a couple of the moms of some of my closest friends as a child, and the way that Mary worked and played in their faith. Um, I'll say it this way. When when Mary is, is received correctly, one is always directed to Mary's son. My best friend's mom, Carol, would never mistake Mary for Jesus. She only sees Mary as a way of approaching Jesus, as a way of of getting to the cross. It's the way God worked in this world to bring Jesus to bear on this earth. And she understands that and she celebrates that. And that's the Mary I'm talking about. The Mary that leads us to the cross. That recognizes that what God has done within her is a gift to the entire world. And So, Mary shows us that faith is a necessary part of fulfillment. She reminds us that humility is a necessary part of finding fulfillment. And she demonstrates decidedly that Jesus is the place where fulfillment is found for the human soul. And I want to close with Mary's own words which, think about this for a minute. These words are 2,000 years old. They're actually over 2,000 years old at this point. They were uttered by a 15-year-old girl who was probably scared and pregnant, perhaps being ridiculed by people around her who didn't understand what was happening. These are her words. Hear them tonight. From the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, verses 46 and following. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant, For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to His offspring forever. May you find the fulfillment of the hope of the world in Jesus Christ this Christmas. Will you pray with me? God, our Father,
Give us the faith to find fulfillment in Christ. Give us the humility to find fulfillment in Christ. And Lord, most of all, give us a clear sense of Your Son, Jesus Christ, and what He came to do for us. Thank You for giving Him a mother that points us all to Your plan and the fulfillment of Your promises to Your people in Your Son. It is in His name we pray and worship and celebrate this season. Amen.